The reading is Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12, and if you want to follow it in the, the Bible, it's page 978. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's, let's remain standing to pray. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and love through them. Take our whole lives and live through them. For you are the one true God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Do please sit down. Well, it's, it's wonderful to be with you this morning. It's always uh, great to be at All Saints. All Saints is home, uh, as many of you know, for me and uh, my family. But here today, I'm here in an official capacity, and I've therefore been sat on the naughty chair, um, <coughs> which gives me a good view of, of you all, but makes me rather separate. I- I'd also been told it was a fancy dress party. Um, so... <laughs> I put on my best clothes, but I was, it appears, rather uh, misled. But I've got all my best uh, bishop's clothes on for this wonderful All Saints Day celebration. I come home uh, to this church, and coming home is where one expects to find support, isn't it? Uh, if one's fortunate from family... And I've been, as have my family, enormously fortunate to receive support in great measure uh, from all uh, the worshipping community here, all those of you uh, associated with with All Saints, and as some of you know particularly, uh, during my wife's illness. Uh, And I'm full of thankfulness for the saints here at All Saints. And I want to think a little bit about... Uh, support that we need in the Christian life with you this morning because the fact of the matter is that uh, that manifesto that we heard Viv read just now 
uh, the, the Beatitudes. Wonderful. And I encourage you during the week to go home and read the Beatitudes again. They're a sort of manifesto for the Christian life, those topsy-turvy values that Jesus bids us to live. And it's, it's very hard uh, on our own to live those values. And that's one of the reasons why we gather here Sunday by Sunday to seek God's help, but also to seek help from one another. And we have a right to expect to receive and to give help to one another. And when that happens in full measure, it's really, really impressing. One of uh, the, the most extraordinary things that uh, I've seen this year is that those few moments from uh, the race which Johnny Brownlee was due to win, do you remember, in Mexico, uh, the Triathlon World Series, he was due to win it, but then he began to collapse just yards before the finishing line. And so his brother, Alistair, took him and carried him over over the winning line. Uh, and there may be some of you here who haven't seen that, so I hope we're going to be able to see it now, a clip of that. This me. This is a horrible sight. Jonathan Brownlee has lost it now and has staggered to a stop at the side of the course and Alistair's stopped to help him along and Alistair is going to try and carry his brother home. Dramatic scenes in Cozumel as the Olympic champion carries his younger brother towards the podium. I cannot believe what we are seeing here, Matt. Is it allowed? Is he allowed to help his brother? You know, is that part of the rules? I'm not too sure. We've never seen anything like this before. Unbelievable scenes. Unbelievable scenes in Cozumel. To finish in second and third, but Johnny can hardly stand. And Alistair is having to drag him across the line and pushing him home, pushing him home for second. Johnny finishes in second. So, th those of you who haven't seen it, that's an extraordinarily impressive scene, isn't it? Uh, of one brother helping another. And that's what we're called to do to our Christian brothers and sisters. We are called to help carry people over the finishing line in order to help them win. Uh, th those few verses from the beginning of chapter 12 of the letter to the Hebrews that Rich read at the beginning of the service. Do you remember they talked about running with perseverance, the race that is set before us. And that's what we are bidden to do as Christians, run with perseverance, the race that is set before us. But we'll need the help of our Christian brothers and sisters to enable us to do it. And pray that God will be able to do it in the way that Johnny Brownlee was able to do it for his brother Alistair. But I've got good news for you uh, this morning, other than the fireworks party. I must say, actually, Owen uh, could have had a job on Blue Peter, couldn't he, really? Um, very, very impressive uh, use of sticky back plastic and cardboard uh, and various other things there. Uh, good news for you, other than the forthcoming uh, fireworks party, and that is <clears throat> that you don't just need to rely on your Christian brothers and sisters in the here and now. In most churches, since the fourth century, every Sunday, Christians have recited the creed to remind them of what they believe. 
And many of you will know that a sentence in that creed reads, we believe in the communion of saints. We believe in the communion of saints. And what does that mean? It means that we believe in a church not just here on earth, but a church here on earth and in heaven. And the fact of the matter is that we are surrounded, as that uh, verse from the letter to the Hebrews said, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. And what I want to suggest to you this morning is that we can be inspired by the saints in the past. We can be inspired, for example, by St. Wollstone, one of my 112 predecessors as Bishop of Worcester. Uh, There were several who were sainted. There were others whom it would be quite difficult to think of as having had a sainted life, but we won't go into that. (laughs) We can be inspired by the, the, the witness of St. Wolfston in the past and all the other saints. But we can also be aided by their prayers in the here and now. If we want someone to pray for us as Christians, if we've got any sense, we'll ask people who are holy, won't we? We'll, we'll try and find someone who is really holy and we'll ask them to pray for us. And the great news is that we can rely not just on the prayers of one another in the here and now, but on the prayers of the saints. There are some who are quite suspicious about the idea of the saints praying for us, but it's a perfectly orthodox Christian thing to do. We have to make clear that we're asking the saints to pray for us. We are not, repeat, not praying to the saints. And what I want to encourage you to do is to think of the saints as being a great crowd cheering you on through your Christian life, through their prayers, seated around the throne of God, with Jesus at the right hand of God, ever to make intercession for us. So I want to show you another clip now, which will make you think, perhaps, of running a race, and of what it's like to have a great crowd. This is a clip of Mo Farah running, but it's a clip taken of Mo Farah from the crowd, and you get a sense of the crowd cheering Mo Farah on. So perhaps we could see that now. That's a wonderful scene, isn't it, of of being there in the crowd and that huge crowd of people cheering on Mo Farah. And that's what the saints are doing for you and me, brothers. They're urging us on in this race. They're cheering us on uh, by their prayers. We all in the church, living and departed, are part of this great crowd of witnesses. And what are the saints urging us to do by their example, by their witness, and by their prayers? They're urging us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us and to live out 
those topsy-turvy values of the Beatitudes about which we heard in our Gospel reading. The saints are are encouraging us to be poor in spirit, to mourn the terrible state that the world's in, to thirst for righteousness and to work for peace. And above all, the saints are urging us to risk ridicule and censure and persecution. They're urging us to become, in other words, kingdom people. That's uh, the motto that we've adopted in the Diocese of Worcester, that we are called to be kingdom people, to live out our vocation of being people who embody the values of the kingdom, love, compassion, justice, and freedom, to put it briefly. But it's more fully uh, explained and articulated in the Beatitudes. So that's what the saints are are urging us to do. And that, pray God, is what we're urging one another to do, is it not? We want to encourage one another in the Christian life. But there's more to it than that. And Rich hinted at it at the beginning of this service. Because it's not just that the saints are people who lived in the past who are now in glory. The saints are also you and me. The New Testament knows no distinction between some people who are referred to as saints and others who are not. The Roman Catholic Church now has quite a complicated procedure in order to determine who should be recognised as a saint by the Church. The New Testament knows no such distinction. In the New Testament, saints are believers Saints are those who have faith in the risen and ascended Lord Jesus, who look to the power of the Holy Spirit to enable them to lead holy lives. And the saints are not cardboard cutout figures who are holier than thou. Just think about some of those whom we do recognise to be saints in the New Testament. Most particularly, I'm always encouraged by St. Peter. St. Peter, a friend of mine from Merseyside, says, um, has a mouth about the size of the Mersey Tunnel, and every time he opened it, he put his foot in it. If you read the New Testament, Peter was forever getting it wrong. He just recognised Jesus as the Christ, you remember, and then Jesus had to tell him to get behind him, Satan. St. Peter was always getting it wrong, and yet, Peter was the rock upon which Jesus built his church. And brothers and sisters, God chooses to build his church upon us. Now, we can be the rocks, though we don't feel very much like it for most of the time. And that's a good thing, because then we will realise our dependence upon God. The saints, you see, are not people who are extra holy, They are people who have quite simply allowed God to use them, warts and all, for his purposes. So as you look around the windows of this this church of all saints, you'll see some saints. There's St Paul up there, and who's around the corner there? Can't see from here. But there are others. But then there are blanks. There are some whose names appear, but not their pictures. Clearly the the money ran out. 
Um, but that won't be the first priority for the restoration of this church, I don't suppose. But those spaces are for you as well, brothers and sisters, you and me. St. Teresa of Avila wrote, God knows just as well how to use the bad in us as the good. God knows just as well how to use the bad in us as the good. We used to have that inscribed on a fridge magnet in our house. I'm not sure what happens to the fridge magnet. I think it was eaten by a child. But I do well remember the inscription upon it because it's a really important one for all of us, I think, for our encouragement. But we will need, of course, the help of the Holy Spirit. I brought all my bishop's garb along this morning. Uh, I brought my um, pastoral staff. I went into a school uh, a little bit back and I was talking about why bishops dress in the way they do. And I said, now children, what sort of person carries this? One of these? And a hand went up. An old man? <laughs> I said, well, maybe. That wasn't quite the answer I was looking for. Um, but I have brought along, I have brought along uh, the, the mitre as well. Now the mitre, uh, you might not know, is supposed to be a sign of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit coming in tongues of fire on the disciples' heads. And the mitre is supposed to remind us all of the fact that we are supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So really, it should be, well, not just by bishops, but maybe we should all have one. (laughs) Would anyone like to try it on? Would you like to try it on? No? Would you like to try it on? Who'd like to try it on? Young person want to try it on? Yes? Is that? No? You're going to... Come on, then. Come on. Let's see. Right, go on. Turn around. So we can see you. Right, let's see. See whether they make a good bishop, a good saint. Oh. There, that's very good. So there we are. There's a vocation in the making. That's good, isn't it? You can pass it round and try it. The others can try it on. They don't have to do it in front of everyone if they want to. The Archbishop gave his around when we were in the cathedral when he was here the other week. And quite a few people have it. Adults, feel free as well. I'll make a small... There we go. I'll make a small charge afterwards. In fact, it's absolutely right. When we went into the pub, we went to this wonderful pub, Mar Pardo's, after the bishop had been in conversation with Malala in Dudley. Uh, and Mar Pardo's is a wonderful pub, I don't really know it, in Neverton, uh, which has been running a microbrewery since 1865. They, they brew all their own beer on, on the premises. Uh, 200 barrels a week, most of which is sold there. And as we walked in, uh, I was there and Bishop Graham and the Archdeacons and the Archbishop Graham. Are you on a stag night or something? And, and I, I, was, I almost said, no, this is the Archbishop of Canterbury. They said, yeah, you wish it was the Archbishop of Canterbury. Yeah. Um, so we, we kept quiet about that. But we are all called uh, to be saints. That's, that's our great calling. And as we are so, to be enabled to join in God's great mission to, recon- to reconcile the whole creation to himself in Jesus. So, what I want to say to you this morning is, there is no better dedication for a church than all saints. Because we're reminded, as all saints, that it's our vocation to be saints. We're reminded of the saints who have given us a great example, a great witness. We're reminded of the saints who are praying for us and urging us on. So, 
when you're try- seeming that you're going to falter in the race that God has set before you, just like Johnny Brownlee did, remember the support you can receive from all the other saints here, but also all the other saints in glory. Owen's a bit embarrassed to try it on, it looks. Uh, in, do you think? <laughs> uh, later, you can do it in private later, Owen, if you want. Uh, so remember all the saints who are praying for you and remember your call to be saints and remember the power of the Holy Spirit which will enable you to do that. And may God bless all of us here at All Saints. And may we at the end of our race be enabled with all the saints to be part of that great multitude which no one can number, of which we read in the book of Revelation, whose joy it is to sit around the throne of God, singing Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen.